You know he gets happy when we do that, right? Amen. The Bible all throughout the Old Testament and the Psalms talks about clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Amen. If you don't get into praise and worship, you're missing out on the blessing, amen, of doing what God asks us to do and get excited about the Lord, amen. He's, he's awesome. That word is the best word. I can't think of a better word either than awesome, amen. Well, get your Bibles open tonight. I want to talk about prayer tonight for getting us ready for the revival and vacation Bible school. Um, so I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Second Chronicles read a few familiar scriptures tonight that are really powerful about prayer. How many know that a follower would be a person of prayer? Amen. And uh, this is one of the areas that the devil really fights on is prayer. And I've got this uh, up here. I wanted to mention this too, so it's kind of sticking out at me. I was looking out at the parking lot, and I still see a lot of cars that don't have bumper stickers on them or window stickers on them yet. So here's the thing. Get them on or give them back. Sound good? Put them on or give them back. We don't, we don't, you don't have to put them on. Obviously, it's your car. You don't have to, but don't let it get all crumpled up in your purse or your car and ruined. Wow, y'all didn't take that very good. It did cost money, amen? And if you can't put it on, I'll do it. It'll take 10 seconds. I'll get some Windex and wash your car. Some of you guys have been saying, well, i got to wash my car. Well, if we wait for that, it might be Jesus might come back first for you to wash your car, Amen? So I'll get out there and serve you. You just let me know. I'll do it in 10 seconds. I already put it on a few people's cars. I'll slap it on there. But it looks good. It really does. It looks good on your car. And the whole idea is this is part of our advertising for our church. Amen? And, and so the logo's on your car. And if you, if, you can't, you know, have, if you can't handle your road rage, then I understand not putting it on, right? But if you've got a good testimony, put it on there. Amen? Put that on there, and then what the idea is this week we're going to have a, our, our logo that's up on the top sign. Uh, we're going to have it down on both sides of that sign that's looking north and south. So even if they don't look up, they'll be seeing this, the logo there, and they'll be relating. You know, they, they see the, this, they see the sign, they see the Vacation Bible School, they see the Jesus cards. They begin to put it all together. I ran into today at Dollar Tree uh, a lady who was behind me, and I was getting a bunch of stuff for Vacation Bible School, and I had like 50 things, you know, and I always feel bad when someone's behind me and they have like three things. And I was like, if you got here a second early, I'd let you go first. She's like, oh, it's no big deal. And she goes, I'll just bring my kids over to your house because she saw all this stuff I had. And I said, well, you can come over to my house, my church house. And so I told her where, I said, she said, where's it at? I said, it's Victory World Outreach. She goes, oh, yeah, I know where it is, the big Jesus sign. So people know, amen, they know where we're at. So if you get that on your car, it's, it's, there's something about repetitiveness. When people see things over and over again, it clicks in their mind. Someone might be saying, man, we need to go to church. Man, I want to try that church or whatever. And every time they see a car, oh, they go to that church. It's just something that reminds them. Amen? So how many have ever had to do something and you see something and it reminds you and then and you do it? So these are good reminders. It's got our website on it. And so, like I said, if you don't want to put it on, I'm not, we're not making you put it on. But just get it back to us so we can keep them and, and not... Lose them. Amen? The power of prayer. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Don't forget tonight after, uh, I know Jeff's not going to know where to start this message because I'm still talking about announcements. Don't forget that we need people to stay after and, and get set up for Vacation Bible School on Wednesday. All of you that are here, we're not canceling service. Just come hang out with us. Come be a kid. Amen. Come sing and dance with us with the kids on, on Wednesday. We're, gonna have, we're not going to cancel service, but we're going to start Vacation Bible School. 
And uh, then we're going to have it Wednesday through Friday. Then this is a busy week. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we got Vacation Bible School. Pastor Gould gets in Friday night. Saturday morning, he'll be doing men's discipleship at Rudy's. Amen. And then we're going to have the revival Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. You don't want to miss Pastor Gould. I'm telling you, he's a mighty, mighty man of God. He's a great preacher, and he's, gonna, he's, he's been praying uh, for God to give him the words for our, for our, for our church. How many know he's going to bring some words that we need to hear? Amen. For our lives. So let's, let's get into this. 2 Chronicles 7.14. I hope as a believer you have heard this verse, learned this verse, memorized this verse, understood how powerful this verse is. He says, if my people, how many are God's people tonight, are called, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. You know, when we get in the prayer room, we seek God's face and turn from their wicked ways. He says, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. That is an awesome promise. Amen, church? We, we talked this morning about the family and the problems and the trials and how bad it is in the United States and all these things. You know what the answer is? The answer is not pointing the finger. The answer is praying. We can change this city. We can change this world if we pray. And this is a, this, you know, there's, there's just certain verses, and they're all powerful. And they're all awesome, but there's just certain verses that, that just, you could pull out about 10 and you would say, gosh, if I just read this every single day, it would change my life. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. You know, praying is humility. To pray, you have to humble yourselves. Amen? It, praying is defeating the flesh. Praying is, is something that your flesh does not do automatically or normally. It's something that you have to beat into submission. Amen. Your body, your mind does not like to pray. You know why? Because when you pray, most of the time you're praying for somebody else and we're selfish people and we don't like to think about anybody else. Amen. I'm just talking as human beings. And so prayer is, I'm going to set myself aside. I'm going to set my desires to watch TV, read, read the newspaper, do whatever aside. I'm going to seek God's face. And if there's anything you could be an expert at tonight, besides soul winning, this is probably the other thing outside of soul winning, and along with soul winning, that it would make you a great follower of Jesus Christ. Be a soul winner and be a person that knows how to pray. Amen. So we see that verse, and then we go over to the book of James. And I want to talk about how we should pray tonight. James chapter 5. We need to be doing a lot of praying this week. We pray every week, but we need to be doing a lot of praying for this vacation Bible school that it will bring in fruit, that kids will get saved, parents will get saved through it, and then also that God will take us right into that revival and that God will move. I feel, church, like we're on you know, the, the edge of, of a revival. Amen. We're always seeking it and we get glimpses of it and, and things come and go. But I want to see that all out revival that God wants us to see. How many want to see a, a mighty move of God? Amen. The, the, see the supernatural we've been talking about. And it's going to come through our action and it's going to come through our prayer. And, it, you know, it was exciting to see tonight how we're, we're constantly getting better at things. And we had all these people up on the stage for the praise team. Amen. And I remember the time when we didn't have as many people that were on this stage even in our church. Amen. That would have been a great crowd on a Sunday night alone on the stage. And then, we, and then the, the church out there begins to fill out. And it's something about seeing new people come in, get excited, and then that we can see that place. There's enough people. There's enough room for 50 people over there. Amen. Fill these chairs up with souls. Fill that. That was one of the things that blessed me when I first walked into our home church. And I saw up in the choir 
All these different colors and sizes and races and testimonies in that choir, praising and worshiping God. And it's something to see for the people to see people up here praising and worshiping and know their testimony. Amen? Know what God has brought them from. So we got to keep praying because God wants us to have revival. It's God's will for us to have revival. But revival is not going to happen by accident. Anytime you see a move of God in the, in the, in the uh, Bible, you see prayer. Prayer always precedes a move of God. Amen? So I want to talk about the power of prayer tonight, the prayer of a follower tonight. And James 5, verse 13 says, If any among you is suffering, let him pray. If any, is anyone cheerful, let him sing psalms. Is anyone sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And watch what happens. The prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up, and if he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. Amen? Now watch this next verse. Confess your sins one to another, and we see it again for like the fifth time. Pray for one another that you may be healed. And here's the, what I want you to see. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Father, anoint your word tonight. Touch it and speak through it tonight, God. Let our hearts be open, Father, to the power of prayer. God, as people are listening online, as people are here tonight, God, let them be touched and compelled to be a man and woman and a child and a teenager that has a prayer life, God, that understands how important prayer is. And devil, we come against you with prayer tonight. And we know that it's prayer that moves back the, the plans and the strategies of the enemy tonight. And Lord, we seek you tonight in prayer and know that prayer is the answer. Prayer is the engine to a move of God tonight. Father, raise up in this place mighty men and women of prayer tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, when you look at 15, 16, 13, and all those verses, something stands out to me. As people and believers, one of our greatest problems is, is when we have a trouble or a trial or a struggle with somebody, we don't understand the best thing you can do for someone is pray for them. You know that if we would pray, there would be no gossip. If we would pray, there would be no slander. If we would pray, there would be no uh, hurtful things said. If we would go to the Lord, if somebody says something, does that's life. You're going to have somebody say something. You're going to have somebody do something. But instead of going and telling somebody what so-and-so said, or and I'm not saying this because anything's happened, okay? Not going anywhere. I don't have an agenda. But I just this pops out to me, amen? Because a lot of times people will come to me and they'll talk to me about their problems and they'll tell me what's going on and they'll say, this is happening in my marriage or this is happening with my kids or this is happening. And, you know, a lot of times we don't pray. You know, these, all these things are happening and my question is, have you prayed about that? And a lot of times the answer would be no. And so you wonder, okay, well, okay well, that's why nothing's happening. Because me going and telling my wife about somebody who did me wrong is not going to solve the problem, but me praying is going to fix the problem. If I've got an issue with my wife, if I've got an issue with my daughters, if I've got an issue with you, I'm not going to do any good by going and talking to somebody else about it and saying, hey, man, you know what so-and-so did to me? You see so-and-so? Did you have you? Whatever. The only way God's going to touch them is if I go to the Lord in prayer for them. And that's what he's saying here. He's saying pray for one another. 
He says, confess those trespasses to another. Pray for one another that you would be healed. And, and, and there's something about understanding that my answer, again, like this morning, is not, is not horizontal. It's vertical. My answer's up. Amen? My answer's going to the Lord. That verse says, if my people humble themselves and seek my face. There's something powerful about that. So I want to go over this one part of the verse that says, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. In the New Living Translation, it says it like this. The earnest prayer of a righteous, this is cool. Write this down if you're taking notes. Because sometimes the verse doesn't make as much sense to you hear it in another translation. The earnest prayer of a righteous man or person has great power and wonderful results. Amen? The, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has wonderful, has great power and wonderful results. You know what that means? That means, as my wife said in her testimony this morning, prayer works. As a follower, you've got to get to a place where you understand, okay, there's a battle, there's a struggle, my answer is prayer. My answer is going to the Lord. My answer is getting in the scriptures, finding the answer, and then praying the answer through. You have to understand that. When, whenever there's a great battle in the church or I begin to feel like uh, there's something uprising or something, I have to pray more. I have to get more earnest in my prayer life. I have to get more serious. I have to get stronger. I have to fight that, bit, that battle in prayer. It's not going to do me any good to fight it in the flesh. Although my flesh wants to. My flesh wants to do a lot of things. And I have to pray to keep my spirit right. Amen? How many know what I'm talking about? And so the first part, effectual, think about that. That's effective, able to produce, having force. Do you believe your prayers are able to produce tonight? Do you believe your prayers are able to have force on the enemy? Amen. We need to understand that when we're praying, it's not religious. It's doing something. It's real. We've been talking about fans and followers. And look, look at Jesus as when he's with his disciples. He always would go off to pray. Right? So he'd always do his ministry, and then you'd find him going off on his own to pray. And his disciples were always watching him. But how many know by reading the scriptures, they didn't really get it. They didn't really understand what he was doing. Just like a lot of people in the beginning of their faith don't really understand prayer. They might get a lot of other stuff. They might understand tithing. They might understand coming to church. They might understand some different principles. But for some reason, that prayer thing evades them. And the reason is, is because it's so powerful. So the devil doesn't really like a person to have a prayer life. Because the devil trembles of a person who knows how to seek God's face. And get a, get a hold of God's throne. Amen? And, and, and say, you know what? I'm going to the Lord in prayer. And then the demons tremble in hell. Because they know that person knows how to pray. Amen? I've said this so many times. I, when, I, when I'm in trouble, I like to have some people that I know that I can call, text, ask, and say, let's pray. And know that they're not going to just say, okay, I'll pray with you. They're going to stop right there. I try my best. I can't always do it. But when you text me, I try my best to, at that moment, pray. Amen? At that very moment. And when somebody's here and says, can we pray for something? I've learned to try to pray right then. Let's pray right now. Let's do it right now. I don't need that prayer next week. I need a prayer right then. 
That's why we have a prayer chain. That's why we've got people in the church who feel like they have a call of intercession and we can send out a text. Do you know when you send me a text, I don't tell details, but you've got a prayer. I send that out to 10 to 15 people and they immediately pray for your need. That's a powerful thing. To be able to have people agreeing with you in prayer. People that understand prayer. People that, that's their call. So of course it should be everybody's call. But there's a greater call to them of understanding the pain, the intercession, and standing in the gap for somebody. So there's a legal force there. And so we know that somebody around me is praying. And Jesus said all power and all authority has been given to us. Amen? You know what we have to do when we pray? We've got to understand who we're praying to. We're not praying to the air. We're not praying to the, a Mecca. We're not praying to a wall. We're not praying to a statue. We're praying to the living God. Amen. We're praying to Jesus Christ who's on the right hand of the Father interceding for us right now. And there's a force that, that the gates of hell cannot stand against that is prayer. So we understand it's effective. If I'm praying and I don't think it's effective, I'm wasting my breath. Your, your life will change when you begin to understand that your prayer is effective. You do need to see some results. Once you see some results, then you go, okay, this thing works. But a lot of times, and I'm going to read this in a second. Go real quick to Luke 11. I want to read this part. This is something the Lord spoke to me while I was in the prayer room. Uh, this, is the, this is the key right here is, is a lot of times we don't become effective and we don't see the results in prayer because we give up too early. We give up too early. We quit before the answer comes. And this verse I'm going to show you in a second is that. This popped in my spirit. I've read it many times, but I want to read it to you tonight. And, and I want you to get this revelation. Just hold it there for a second. I'm not going to read it yet, but I want you to think this. So effective. I'm understanding my prayer is effective. I'm not just praying, but I'm believing. Part of that is faith and saying, God, as I pray, I, I know that if someone's sick and I pray, I'm not just saying it. I'm not just praying because I'm supposed to. I believe. God's going to heal that person. I believe virtue is going to go through their body. I believe that the infection has to leave. Amen? We've got to understand that we have that power. Amen? We can't doubt. We can't say, well, I hope. We have to believe. God has all the power in the world. All he needs is us to connect our faith with his power. Amen? He says, if you don't doubt, nothing is impossible for you. Amen? Do you, don't you understand that a common cold is no different to heal for God than AIDS? It's the same, God has power over it all. Amen? There's no difference to Him. It's big to us. You know, a cancer that leukemia or, or, or a cancer, you know, three months to live, Susan. Amen on your dad. That's not too big for God. Amen, Susan? Be lifting up Susan's dad as he's been given some bad news. God is able to heal his body. Amen. He is bigger than that cancer in Jesus' name. Amen. We don't have to accept the report of the enemy. We've got to get to a place where we say, God, I believe your word. You still heal. You still save. You still deliver. So the effective part is understanding, okay, as I pray, something's happening. This prayer is going to be effective. And the next part is fervent, burning. I'm giving you dictionary off these words, burning, hot, glowing, intense, devoted. I ask you tonight, does that, rec does that represent your prayer life? I don't know. 
That needs to be the way we pray. We need to get to a place where we pray intensely, burning, devoted, hot, glowing. There's something inside of us. Jeremiah tried to quit preaching and tried to quit serving the Lord. And he said, I can't because it's like fire shut up in my bones. There's some fervent power inside of me that, but that, that, that happens. But I've got to press through to get to that place. I can't quit and give up because I don't see a result in my popcorn prayer. I'm sorry to say that, but you're not going to see a lot of results. By God's grace, you, he's going he's to show you some stuff. But you can't expect to see miracles with popcorn prayers. That means throw them up every once in a while. Just, just, just throw them out in the air and see what happens. You've got to seek God's face. You've got to spend time with the Lord. These disciples were watching him, and they're seeing all this power, miracles, and supernatural things. And they're watching him, and he, he's, he's just leading by example. He's praying. And I'm going to get to that in a second of how he prayed. But as he's praying, they finally come and say, Jesus, teach us to pray. I don't know if they did it out of religiousness or what, but they asked. And then he taught them. He said, he said Father, hallowed be, our, our Father that's in heaven, hallowed be in thy name. And he goes into the Lord's Prayer, it's called. Which is not what he wanted us to recite as a, as a vain repetition. Amen. It was a guideline of how to pray. And it takes longer than that prayer. He never expected us to get on our knees and say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be our name. Uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Forgive my debtors and say that prayer and be done. He, he wanted us to break it down and spend some time with him. I've tried so many times to relay this to you that if I every day told my wife the same thing off of a written card, it would mean nothing to her. Even if I told her, I love you and you're the most beautiful woman in the world and there's none like you. If I said that sentence to her every single day, it would lose its meaning. It would be great words, but it wouldn't be coming from my heart. It would be recited. God's not looking. Matthew 6, 7 abolishes a lot of people's prayer lives in a lot of churches the way they're taught. It says, do not pray with vain repetitions. That means there's no right or wrong words you can say in your prayers. It's an attitude of prayer. It's a heart that says, God, I know the only way I can move that mountain over there is through prayer. The next one is prayer. Effectual, fervent prayer. Listen, lots of people don't know how to pray. That's a fact. But you can learn. Just like lots of people don't know how to fight. Right? Let me ask you a question. How do you learn to fight? By fighting. There, there's no other way. You can sit, you can take boxing lessons and karate lessons and all that. You can have the person tell you, kick like this and, and punch like this. And that's all great. There's one way to learn how to fight. That's be in a fight. Am I telling the truth? I put a say la by that in my notes. It's the same with prayer. You can have someone tell you all day long how to pray. The only way you're going to learn how to pray is pray. Get in it. Get in the battle. Get on your face. Spend some time. Make some time. Set some time apart. You're going to see that all through. And you know what? In this church, you're either going to love me or hate me when it comes to prayer. I'm, I push that, and I, and, I, and, I, and I want that so bad. And then we set a time aside for it, and it's like, okay, if I can't take some time in that half hour that I'm at church for that reason, what's wrong with me? 
Come on, don't, don't make me stay on this one. We're at church. It's an established time. We're not doing anything else. We've got a half hour before service. Can't we spend some time in the prayer room? We can talk about all the things that need to be talked about. We can deal with all the things that we talked about after service, during the week, on the phone, whatever. But can't we as a church take some time to get in that prayer room and pray? And I'm not condemning us for what we do, but we can do more. And if we want to see a move of God, we've got to be people who know how to pray. Pray, pray, pray. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous. This is very important. I'm going to get to uh, Luke 11 in a second. This is very important. Effectual. So you can, be, you, you can be having faith that my prayer works. You can be fervent. You can be on fire. You can be excited. You can be hot. You can be, you can be angry at the devil. You can do all these things. You can pray. You can get on your knees and pray. But if you miss this part, you're in trouble. Righteous. Righteous. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person. That means that I'm acting in a just, upright manner, and that means I'm doing what's right. Amen. Why are y'all staring at me so weird? I'm doing what's right. So I'm, that means that I'm in position for my prayers to be answered. I'm in position. How many know position's important? If you're not in the right place, you've heard of being in the wrong place at the wrong time? How about being in the right place at the right time? If you're not in the right place at the right time, you're going to miss what God has for you. So we've got to be in that place. Now, much of righteousness, obviously, is his righteousness, and we understand that. But we have our part to do, which is walk holy and and be in that attitude of righteousness and, and holiness. And listen, these things bring results the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much means brings results it's the answer amen it means freedom it means victory and i'm gonna give you some verses matthew eleven twelve. 12 and from the days of john the baptist till now the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent listen to this take it by force That's not a physical karate chop force. It's a spiritual force. We're going to take the kingdom of heaven. It's not going to be passive. Amen? It's going to be forceful in the spirit. Jesus, listen, if you don't believe that, go back to how Jesus died on the cross. How did Jesus die? Did he die passively or was it violent? Jesus' death was very violent. And, and that, that was something that, that we miss sometimes. There was no timidity, there was no fear, and there was no quietness with Jesus. Amen? There was a, there was a battle going on, a physical battle. And we've talked about this, I've said this a lot of times, and it, it sometimes can be resounding, but if, how many have ever gotten in an argument with somebody? Come on, go ahead, and I'm going to wait for everybody to raise their hands. I didn't say today. I didn't say in the last hour. When you're really hot, angered, bothered. Our neighbor across the street just had his car broken into in our neighborhood yesterday, day before. If I saw somebody breaking into my car, watched him, saw him, 
Would you walk out the house and go, uh, excuse me, sir. Would you mind, please, not taking my stuff? Come on. There is something, if somebody was doing something, how many have daughters in here? I know there's something about sons. I don't have any, but I, let me tell you something. Daughters. Daughters is a different story. If somebody was touching your daughter, men, would you please take your hand off my daughter? How many get what I'm saying? That, that's not how you attack the enemy. That's not how you deal with things in prayer. There is a fire and something that comes in, in, into you that would scream, that would yell. I'm not going to do it, but you know what I'm talking about. Amen? You better get your hands. Okay, I'm not going to go. Because there would be a lot less probably talking than there would be action. Amen? There needs to be that same spirit. Why are we like that in the flesh, but we can't be like that in the spirit? We have to have that same tenacity. We need to realize that the devil is trying to touch our daughter. The devil is trying to steal our stuff. The devil is trying to do all kinds of stuff to us. We need to stand up to him and say, get your hands off of my family. Get your hands off of my stuff. Give me my stuff back in Jesus' name. And not have a spirit of timidity in us. Hebrews 5, 7 says, who, is in, who in the days of flesh... Listen, of his flesh, Jesus Christ, listen, in the days of his flesh, when he'd offered up prayers and supplications with a strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. Luke twenty two forty four 44 says, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. How many know Jesus pressed through? He prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as if it was great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Now go to Luke 11 real quick as I close up, and I want to show you this example. You're missing it if you don't understand that you have to press in, press through, and keep praying till you see a result. Are you going to let your family go to hell or are you going to fight for them? Are you going to let this city go to hell or are we going to fight for them? Amen. We've got to fight. But our, the Bible says our battle is not flesh and blood anymore. It's spiritual. It's mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. But you don't pull down the strongholds by whispering and meditating. You say, God, in Jesus' name, whatever I bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever I loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Amen. There's something about opening your mouth and praying to God. Saying something out of your mouth and having a tenacity in yourself that says, I'm not going to let this happen anymore. But the problem is, is we stop. We pray a little bit, we don't see results. We pray a little bit, we get tired. We pray a little bit, we get bored. Pray a little bit, we start looking around. We start listening to other people. We start doing all kinds of things. Something in us says, I got to focus. I got to pray. That's why we need both. We need personal and corporate prayer. You need the corporate because there is a strength in it. There is a strength in having other people around you. When you go back to that prayer room, if you've never been back there, there's something powerful about having other people pray with you. 
Amen. But you need your personal prayer too. Because you can't always be waiting for everybody else to be praying around you. You've got to have your own prayer life. Your strength is in your prayer life. So look what happens in Luke 11. Verse 5. It's a parable of the persistent friend. He says, which of you shall have a friend? Go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. He will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut. And my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give it to you. I say to you, though he, watch this, though encircle this in verse 8, though he will not rise and give because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give it to you. As many as he needs. And I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. What's the key to that? The key is persistence. The key is that you keep knocking so obnoxiously and so consistently and so persistently that if that person is not going to open the door because they want to, they're going to open the door because they're sick and tired of you knocking on the door. Amen? Whether it's God to answer or the devil holding on to something. Amen? The devil might be in there and he's in your living room and he's got your stuff and he's there with his legs crossed, some demon holding on to your stuff and you're just doing your little prayers and he's just smiling at you. Because uh-huh. every once in a while you throw up a popcorn prayer and he, eh, he's got your stuff. Right here. He's just holding on to it. Because we're just giving up. We prayed a little bit, and he's like, I can handle that. I heard that before. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, good one. But nothing's happening. But if we keep on persisting, and keep on persisting, and keep on persisting, I think there's a thing that they use to torture people where they lay them on the ground and they drop drops of water on their head. You'd think drops of water wouldn't be a big deal. So you get about a thousand drops of water on your head. Amen. Anything that happens over and over and over and over. If I sat here and said over and over and over and over and over for the next 10 or 15 minutes, eventually y'all would walk out of here and leave. You'd be so sick and tired of me saying over and over and over and over again. Maybe we need to start praying that way and praying and praying and praying and having an attitude that I'm not going to stop praying till I get an answer. And if the devil hasn't gotten out yet, I'm going to keep on praying. And if he hasn't gotten out after that, I'm going to keep on praying and I'm going to keep on knocking and I'm going to keep on praying and I'm going to keep on staying and I'm going to keep on doing it and I'm going to keep on doing it until he says okay shut up have it I'm going somewhere else where they don't know how to pray wear that devil out in prayer amen wear him out Um, have the attitude and show the devil I'm not quitting You're going to leave. There's many theologians that will go different ways with this. Some will say, you should only have to pray once. you got enough faith. I don't see that here. Those others that will say, pray, 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 pray. Never stop praying until you get it. Listen, do what works. Do it until you get an answer. 
If your faith is there and it happens once, thank the Lord for it. But if nothing's happened, okay, I'm praying again. Then thank the Lord for it. I do believe you should pray, then thank the Lord. Thanking the Lord is the faith part says, I know it's done. But you pray again and you pray again. You don't go, well, that didn't happen. Now, we know that the will of God sometimes, church, is, is different than our will, and his thoughts are different than our thoughts, and his ways are different than our ways. But in the example of my wife's family, for example, it, there's not, it's not God's will that they go to hell. So it's obvious God wants them to be saved. So we don't stop praying until they get saved. How many get what I'm saying? If you're praying for something that's a little more general, and maybe it's a personal thing, and that, that's a little different. But when it comes to the devil owning something that's yours, you never stop praying until those bro- chains are broken, amen, in prayer. That you get absolute deliverance. You keep on knocking, 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 knocking. And that's what I see in this verse. That's what the Lord showed me. Many of you are not seeing victory in your prayer life because you stop too quick. You got to keep on, keeping on. And keep on knocking on that door. Is it, it, did, can God lie? Is this story here to fill time and pages? Or could there be a truth in here that says, even if he doesn't want to do it because he's a friend or an enemy, he'll do it because you are, as we say in Spanish, necio. Right? Some words are just better in Spanish. Necio is just, they get, it gets on your nerves. Ya necio. Right? What does that mean? It's like you're bothering me. You're driving me crazy. Right? I mean, it can mean a lot of things, but there's just certain words that work better in Spanish. Don't be a necio. You know, it's like, don't be so, don't bother me so much. So they're finally going to just say, okay, take it. That's the tenacity. That's the effectual, fervent prayer that God is looking for. I'm going to give you one more verse. Psalms 55. I'm not trying to wear out sayings and cliches. But man, when the going gets tough, the tough go pray. There are many things you cannot obtain outside of prayer. Cannot. You must pray. And God will not, he's graceful, he's mercifully, loves you. He will not, some things he will not give you without prayer. This, doesn't the Bible say some things will not happen without prayer and fasting? When you get to a place where you don't get an answer, and you've prayed, and you've knocked, and you've knocked, and you know, okay, I'm going to have to keep on knocking, then you say, okay, now... I got to do a fast. I got to fast. I got to take this to another level. I got to deny myself. I got to stop eating. And if you don't like food, fast something else. It's not always food. Fast something that means a lot to you. Amen. Fast. There's times when you're not getting a breakthrough and you, you're either going to sit back and say, okay, I just give up. Or you're going to say, okay, I'm taking this to another level. I'm going to do what I have to do till I get an answer. That's tenacity. That's what God's looking for in his children is a little fight. Psalms 55, 17 says this. Evening and morning and at noon, I will pray. And watch this. Cry in my mind. What does it say? 
aloud. And he shall hear my voice. Not read my thoughts. There's a time you can be quiet and you can meditate on God's word. And there's even a verse that says, be still and know that I'm God. Most of the verses you see in the Bible about prayer says, open your mouth and pray. Pray out loud. Pray out loud. I'm not saying you have to scream at the top of your lungs, but pray out loud. Amen. Let your voice be heard. Musicians, you can come tonight. Don't shut me off, please. I got a a saying I've read before. It's such a powerful saying. And this this is for all of us, maybe some more than others. But we we sang that song awesome tonight, and this is an awesome saying. Because how many realize tonight we do have a God that's all-powerful? Amen? All-powerful. Have to remember that. People fail us. We fail us. God cannot fail. He cannot fail. He's perfect. And all the power in the world, he has it. All we have to do is tap into it. Just tap into it. And believe by faith that God can move. Listen to this. God has a... This would be a good thing to write down. Put on your fridge. Tape it to your head. Put it on your rearview mirror. Something. God has a thousand ways where I cannot see even one. Where I cannot see one answer, God has a thousand ways. Have you ever been at that place where you think, man, I don't, there's nothing I can do. There's no way out. There's no answer. And God has a thousand ways to fix that problem. God has a thousand ways where I can see not one. When all my means have reached their end, His have just begun. That's the powerful God we serve. When we think there's no answer, He has a thousand. When we think we've done everything we can do, God says, now, let me take over. You know, that's what prayer really is. Prayer is releasing. Prayer is saying, God, I know I can't do it in myself, so I'm spending this time and seeking your face. And at the end of the prayer, you should always, and always, always, never, not always, always say at the end of your prayers, Lord, I thank you that it's done. I thank you that it's done. It's done. It's done. There, there's so many things that, that as believers, and you can close your Bibles. There's so many things as believers, church, we've got to understand that God wants us to have, but we have to pray them in. Pray them in. How many in here tonight, right now, have got family members? that if Jesus Christ came back tonight, they would not go to heaven. Look at this. They would not go, they would stay here. They would, they'd be in the tribulation. If they died tonight, they'd go to hell. That, man, well, I don't know, I've heard people, I don't know, I don't know what to pray for. Really? Come to me, I'll give you something to pray for. I'll share. I can give you a lot of things to pray for. We've all got family members. And listen, let me tell you something. 
Don't get to that place where you think, man, when God, where God, why God, how God. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. When we were praying for my wife's family for a long time, huh, girls? A long time. And something in your flesh says, man, it, it might not happen. Because that's the truth. They, they're gonna choose. That's their will. But prayer works. Prayer works. I can tell you tonight, prayer works. Sometimes when it's done, you sit there and go, wow. Wow. You almost, you believe, but you're almost still surprised. It's like, wow, you did do it. And then you say, if you did it there, now I've got faith to believe for you. And you've got faith to believe for somebody else. So you're believing for your family, but you're believing for somebody else. How many know this fact? It's easier to believe for somebody else's than your own. That's a fact. So here's the cool thing about prayer. My faith, my effectual fervent prayer for my family might be at its wit's end. But one of you can take over for me and pray for my family in a way that I can't pray because your faith's bigger than me. And I can pray for your family. I can pray for those that are lost in your family. We can pray. We can seek God. And we can, this is that verse, we can call those things that are not as though they were. We can pray them into existence. Everything we do on your job, in your marriage, can be prayed for. Everything. Amen. Everything we do is saying, God, we're just going to walk, and we just know you're going to walk with us. That's my faith. That's my prayer. That's my faith. That's my prayer. As we've been trying to get these seats, are the seats the most important thing in the world? No, of course not. But they're important to God. Because they're important to us. We still need those seats. Prayer says, by faith. Prayer says, by faith, those seats are going to come in. Why? So we can fill them up with souls. Why? So we can get those family members in here saved. Why? So we can make a difference in the world. Amen? Prayer says that God's going to touch these people's lives at Vacation Bible School. Prayer says, somebody in this place, in our church, has something special waiting for them in that revival. Every time a revival comes, some person at least, or family, gets touched in a supernatural way by a revival. Somebody in here, by prayer, is going to have something happen. Amen? Many of you here can say, man, it was at a revival that God really spoke to me. It was a revival I got saved. We have fruit right here from our last revival, Dwayne and Myra. Amen? That came in and got saved with Pastor Marshall, right? Is it Pastor Marshall? There's fruit. So prayer says, I believe my prayer is effective. It's going to be fervent. It's going to be righteous. And it's going to bring results. Amen. Let's pray tonight. So when we pray, when we bow our heads and close our eyes, it's not just the end of a service. It means something. We're praying to a living God. And our prayer is effective. And our prayer is fervent. Let's not just bow our heads and close our eyes because, well, this is the end of the service. No, this is the moment that we seal the deal of everything we've talked about tonight through prayer. And we believe the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. How many in this place, front to back, side to side, all over this place, tonight, you raised your hand for family members. You don't know Jesus. Jesus. 